0: Hi, I'm Lydia Infante, and this is SEO in 2023.
1: Lydia, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023?
0: Go headless without losing your head. Is that, is that too on the nose?
1: Maybe for some people, but uh, perhaps we shouldn't go there. <sighs> what does go headless mean?
0: Essentially, move to a headless CMS, and that is because. We are going omnichannel. SEO has moved beyond the search bar, way beyond the search bar. Even Google, earlier this year, this is a blog post that every SEO saw at the time, tried to invent the name multi-search to talk about um, their proposition with Google Lens. So searching not only on the search bar, but also with your camera. If you're you're on an Android phone and you're using um, your Google widgets, you probably get a little prompt that says, Tired of typing, search with your camera thingy in there. And yeah, SEO has moved beyond the search bar. And as SEOs, our role has evolved as well. So we're not only tied to the 10 blue links that are no longer 10 and they're no longer, yeah, they're still blue, but we have a a plethora of different widgets and rich results and different stuff going on in the organic search results. And, and we've gone beyond that. We now have to start caring about how our businesses are being searched on social media, such as Instagram uh, or TikTok. We have to care about how we're getting found on Pinterest. We have to care about how we're getting found with visual search. It's much more than just a search box.
1: Why should SEOs be concerned about what our brands do, how people search us on social media, and how, does that actually impact things like click through rate, brand click through rate on the conventional Google SERP?
0: That is a very good question. I believe we should be concerned about this because we are not Google optimizers, right? We are search engine optimizers. In the moment that users are searching on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, or they're searching with their phones, with their cameras, We are concerned by it, right? Um, Google sits in the marketing department. We have a a commercial function. We are supporting revenue quite heavily, especially for businesses in e-commerce or SaaS. And those searches, we kind of have to get the right information in front of our users where they are looking for it. It's not that we are concerned about posting daily on Instagram stories. We're more concerned about what happens when someone searches our brand name on Instagram, right? Or what happens when someone searches our location on Instagram? Not just Instagram, it can be Twitter, it can be TikTok. If you are in DIY or fashion or food, you want to make sure that you're responding to users' queries where they are happening. And there are some verticals that are simply more inclined to be searched um, in a visual media, right? Food and travel. They're just more conducive to video video results. Um, you're gonna satisfy your user intent better there, and we already assumed this and understood this when we started to look at YouTube SEO, right? This is something that's not as hard to debate anymore, but you should definitely make sure that your video content ranks on YouTube, that your video content ranks on Google as well. So this is why I mean what I mean when I'm saying that. Search is happening omnichannel, it's not happening only on Google anymore. A few years back, we would start a product search on Google. Many of us now started on Amazon, right? It is evolving and it has been evolving for a few years. Even Facebook at some point, many years ago, and I I can't quite pinpoint it to a specific date, but I think it was around 2015. They were convinced that they were going to be a search engine and they were encouraging you to search on Facebook, that didn't pan out it didn't work for them but it definitely worked for amazon right i remember at the time when people started talking about how product searches were happening on amazon instead of google i wasn't doing that yet but i'm definitely doing it now
1: so you talk about search there but you also alluded to discovery i think and that um, a lot of the seo's role is actually moving towards optimizing a brand's exposure online as opposed to traditional SEO does the name SEO need to change
0: maybe we've always been marketers right despite what some people have tried to pretend that we are somewhat programmers or that we are somewhat data scientists we're not we are we're marketers right that use some resources of python some technical mumbo-jumbo, some technical lingo. Some, we, are, we are quite affiliated with the dev side of things and we have to understand it for our jobs because um, otherwise no one would ever rank anything. But we are marketers. We've always been marketers. There is no point to feeling like we're better than a social media marketer or a PPC marketer or any other type. We are in the marketing department most of the time.
1: So as well as going headless, you also talk about leveraging structured content for scale and and content quality. So how do you leverage structured content at scale?
0: It's really, really difficult to explain, honestly. And I would be completely lying if I said that I fully grasp it myself, because structured content is essentially treating content as data, right? Instead of thinking of documents, you're thinking of fields, you're thinking of, instead of thinking of... uh, product page for e-commerce, you're thinking of a template and you're thinking of the stuff that goes in the template. It's like a recipe, like the page template is the recipe and the content is the ingredients, right? Mm -hmm. So the page template calls for a title. The page template calls for a picture, some feature information, some description, a price, related products, maybe some tags. We are somewhat already leveraging structured content when we're working on e-commerce. But imagine being able to do this if you are working as a publisher, right? If i thinking of fields instead of thinking of documents, I could program an API to push out all of my titles as Instagram stories right? At X frequency, um, maybe including a link. You're essentially just tagging the content that you have and uh, organizing it in types with attributes and relationships in between them. Does that make sense? It is quite difficult to grasp. It's like a, a massive mental map of everything.
1: So, I mean, I can certainly understand that from a publisher perspective, being able to quickly and easily identify which areas of content are specific entities, things. Um, Who's the author? What's the book title? Uh, Perhaps the specific um, ISBN of the book as well. What about other types of businesses? Um, Maybe e-commerce pages? Is is it just as easy to take advantage?
0: For e-commerce, definitely. Definitely so much. In This also brings us back to to the business side of things, right? So we've got direct-to-consumer brands. For example, let's say Adidas. They sell on Amazon, they sell on major retailers, and they sell on their own stores. Why would you go to the Adidas store over any other shoe shop in the UK or the US or wherever you are? You're going there for a brand experience, right? You're walking down the street, you see the brand that you like, that you identify with, And more and more, especially in younger generations, you identify them with your values and you go in, right? You go into the Adidas store and it's got a special type of music, a special type of look, special smell. The people that are there are kind of like representing the brand, the sales assistants that are there. You can see exclusives that are only sold in the Adidas store. You can see personalization options that are not available anywhere else, right? And now we go e-commerce. It is the same for me to buy in the Adidas store online that it is to buy it on Amazon. There is no different experience, no differentiation. That represents, in my opinion, a big loss for D2C brands because they're losing my user data. They're using the consumer insights that they could be getting from how I'm behaving within their website. They are using, losing margin because their uh, distributors are going to be selling at a similar price. And if they aren't, like if they're selling lower, you're more likely to go with the distributor as well. And then there's this margin that they're going to take from their final revenue. So it is expensive for D2C brands to not offer a brand experience that aligns with the brand's values online as well, right? Now, I've, I've told you about the problem here. Let me tell you about how with structured content you could solve this. Because mostly all product pages online look the same, right? You've got your t- you have got you can picture it in your head. I'm sure we're seeing the same thing in our minds right now. We're seeing a title, we're seeing maybe a breadcrumb, we're seeing a picture, we're seeing the product title again, a description, the price, the stars with the reviews, right? And then maybe there's a full um, one of those um, accordion menus. Where you can go dimensions, or product description, or learn more about the product, whatever, whatever. And under under that, there is a line of related products, right? We, we are seeing the same thing. And that template is being used for super high-end lifestyle products to like a screwdriver, right? We are not making the same purchase from an emotional perspective, from a needs perspective. We are excited about different things. Now, you could use structured content to mark up your products, if you've got a big marketplace, to say, this is a lifestyle product. This is a part. Imagine you have electric bikes business, right? The electric bike itself is a lifestyle product. It's a luxury lifestyle product. You're either going to use it to commute. Maybe you are interested in health and fitness. Maybe you want to like, take your kids to school on the back of the bike and you're interested in safety. Maybe you are super into mountain biking and you want to like, have an electric bike powered by that. It is a lifestyle choice. And then you've, you have parts, like maybe the chain has broken. Maybe you're missing a screw. Maybe you want a bell for your bike. You are buying those parts using the same template that you're using for the bikes. That does not make sense. So imagine, as an e-commerce, you decide lifestyle products are going to be shown yes. differently to parts, because the journey and the emotions of the user are different for, these, for this sale. You mark them within your, within your backend, within your um, content database, and then you create different templates for them. The parts can be super simple, your classic, Amazon template that we just discussed and then the bikes can have a video. They can have an image of a, a mother or a father taking their kids to school, looking happy and safe in their bikes. It can have very detailed but also like highlight beautifully highlighted features of the product. Is this fast-charging Is the battery detachable? How long does it take to charge? Are there any specific security features? Are there any specific, I don't know, maybe the the wheels are sturdier because you're going mountain biking, right? You can display the features very clearly. You can make the user that's about to spend 1 to 3K on an electric bike, even more in some cases, feel like they're making this very important purchase in a very informed way, in a very aspirational way. This is something that Apple, for example, absolutely nails, right? When you're going on their new iPhone 14 page, you're going to be shown people that kind of look like you, people that are doing the things that you want to be doing. There's going to be aspirational images, a beautiful way of displaying product features and characteristics and all the limitless possibilities of iPhone 14. I'm an Android girl myself, so not, not a good analogy. But yeah, that, that's what you can do with structured content.
1: But it sounds like the way that you're describing it, it, it sounds like everyone will be moving to this kind of situation where they're structuring their content in the same way. They're using this similar kind of markup. So where's the differentiator in the future? Where's the opportunity to demonstrate that you're better than the competition?
0: We don't know. Like in 2023, I can tell you that the differentiator is going to be using structured content to highlight your products better. This is also very helpful for publishers who can make their content go omni-channel in a way better way, a faster, more efficient, API driven. As an e-commerce, very few people right now are, using, are creating product pages that don't look exactly like Amazon's. So that is the first thing that I would do, especially if you're in D2C commerce, because of the endless wins of owning your own user data and your consumer data, right? And the margin that you get. What's going to happen in like 2025, we're probably going to have this discussion. It's going to be looking very differently.
1: forward for it.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. There. <laughs> I'm not sure what we're going to see, but I am excited to see it. Because this, the headless and structured content approach, is an enabler for creativity. What do you want to do next? You're no longer constrained by limitations of your CMS, limitations of a page template. You can integrate with anything. You can literally plug anything with an API to your content. I don't know what people are going to do, but I want to see. I am very curious. I've seen some of the work that sanity clients are doing, and i was I was telling you earlier about this, but I am super excited to talk to someone who has done incredible internationalization work, um, not just with translation, but localizing information on train routes, localizing uh, currencies, localizing whatever matters to the users. Could i have we have a client that is a huge restaurant brand. I can absolutely assure you that you've been there. I can absolutely assure you that your kids has to go there at least once a month, right? And they're using sanity and structured content. I don't want to plug my brand too much, sorry. They're using structured content to power their electronic billboards and kiosks and website and app across the world, across the entire world, their physical stores, their apps. Their Deliveroo or Uber Eats profiles, everything is powered from a single source of truth in content, right? And what happens when you give your editors and your creators just one single source of truth to take care of? You're freeing up their time to do anything else they want. You could even run a guest authorship program. This is, as a publisher, something that, as a former publisher, something that I'd be super interested in. I could run a guest authorship program that is enabling and encouraging my authors to create amazing articles and make them SEO optimized from the get-go, just modifying what the backend, where they create the content, looks like for them. I can make brilliant editorial experiences for my writers and editors that's going to improve the productivity of a publishing business.
1: Wow. Okay. So Lydia, you have shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. Now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So, what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? Something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023.
0: Obsessing over Google updates. Google's gonna Google. It's always going to be in August because you're on holiday. And screw you. Screw us not swearing. Right? You don't have to mark this as profanity. <laughs> um. Yeah, just don't waste your time looking at what Google is doing specifically for each update you've already been told the route to go through. Just look at the Google Quality Rater guidelines and that's what you have to do. Create trustworthy, authoritative, expert-led content and publish it in a way that's going to be user-friendly and that's not going to absolutely drain your customers, your users' data plans, and the planet along the way. So just don't obsess over minor updates.
1: I want to see a few tweets saying, Google's gonna Google, <laughs> at Lydian Vantiem, at Majestic, hashtag SEO in 2023, or even a t-shirt, Google's gonna Google. That's Google's the way gonna go. Google
0: was a good t-shirt. Yeah, let's do it.
1: Lydia Infante is Senior SEO Manager at Sanity, and you can find her over at Lydia-Infante.com. Lydia, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at SEOin2023.com.